I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everybody, welcome to Ramble Reacts. Chelsea are still struggling, Haaland's still scoring and Ancelotti's still winning. It's Wednesday 7th of September, I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Andy Brassel. Welcome everybody to Ramble Reacts. It's that time again where we react to some of the old footballs that have been happening and it's European time. Um, we've had some, some big results in Europe. Jim Campbell, are you buzzing for this? I am, yeah. It's, it's nice to, to be chatting football on the eve of it happening. It's a novelty, but it's good. I'm excited. Yeah, indeed it is. Andy Brassel, you're looking radiant, cousin. Uh, likewise, likewise. It is that European night glow despite us all being in England. Uh, gentlemen, we start uh, by going to Croatia. Dinamo Zagreb 1, Chelsea 0. As I said at the start of the show, Jim, Chelsea are still struggling. It's hard to think that this Chelsea side under Tuchel won the, the, the Champions League not that long ago, of course. Last season, despite the off-field problems, you know, it was, it was, it was reasonably impressive. They were very close to, uh, to winning a cup or two. Whereas this season... They've started very poorly. They look good against Spurs in that feisty encounter despite drawing. But since then, it, it, I don't know what to say, really. I mean, it's just not clicking. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of upheaval, though, isn't there? This, this is still a team that's, um, you know, where, where the, the relationships are forming. I mean, Koulibaly is, is new to the club. Fafana is new to the club and they're new to each other. So you can, can understand that. Although they weren't really the, the issue tonight. What was the, the, what was the issue tonight was the sort of um, the attacking elements of the team just not really clicking enough to make any kind of meaningful damage to um, Dinamo Zagreb. Um, but yeah, it's, it is 
it's the sort of thing that when you have an elite level manager in, they should mm. be able to deal with. And it's, it, I, I thought it might be a little bit of a blip this, but it, it's, it speaks to kind of deeper problems. Yeah. You know, like every time since Thomas Tuchel has taken charge and I said at some point, if we're going by the Tuchel playbook, there will be a meltdown. Every time Chelsea lose, I get a load of Twitter mail going, is this the meltdown? Is this the meltdown? <laughs> you, know, you know what? I think we might have reached the meltdown tonight because, you know, we um, heard um, him not very happy about the transfer business during the summer. That transfer business, or some of it, has belatedly happened now. But now there's the, the, there's the period of bedding in. Chelsea can't really afford that period of of betting in time and, and, and point wise, if they want to get on with what they want to get on with this season. And he just sounded so pissed off at the end of it. What did he say? Everything is missing. Yeah. Well, he, 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 yeah. He, the, 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 I mean, Tuchel, he said, uh, well, the, the first thing he said was quite odd where he said, I didn't see it coming. So obviously I was in the wrong movie. Um, yeah. Which I sort of quite like. I kind of get it and I kind of don't, but I think we'll go with it for, for, for Tuchel's sake. But he was very downbeat and he said it was the same old story, an okay start. We don't finish our half chances. We don't feel when the game is there uh, to put to bed in the first 15, 20 minutes, then we concede a counter-attack, which is far too easy. I, and he's right, Jim, isn't he? He's, he's sounding pissed off, is he not? I mean, it's it's... The, 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 when a manager sounds like this, it, especially at a top club, it's usually the beginning of the end. Yeah, and I think also it actually doesn't really tell the story of the game because in the first 15 minutes, yeah, they did have chances and Aubameyang looked pretty lively actually and was mm. kind of... Um, his movement looked good and, and reminded me of, of the Aubameyang of old, which makes me think actually maybe he'll score goals there. But after, after Zagreb scored, they didn't really look like realistically getting back into it yeah they they attacked all game but it's more like they, they sort of huffed and puffed they didn't really um they didn't look like the elite team and i think it also might be the case that this this is a side with some real quality in it a surprisingly good team that full of some players that look like that could actually be future stars really like mislav osic is his ninth goal of the season he he looked really really dynamic and the goalkeeper mm -hmm. had a really good game so th this is a team that's got some got something about it and i think you know that that has to be taken into account as well. No, I, th I mean, you, you're right. We can sometimes be a little bit sniffy and expect Chelsea to just go to faraway places in the Champions League um, and, 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 and easily win. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose the next step for Chelsea is them and Tottenham can form a support group after what happened to Spurs there a couple of years ago. I think that really shows you <laughs> where the difference is with Dinamo Zagreb. Of course, they've had difficulties in the Champions League. They've lost a lot of matches in the Champions League over the past five or six years and been one of the weaker teams in it. But they do consistently get in it. And, you know, they've shown they can punch their weight um, against decent sides in, in, in the Europa League. I think the notable thing is as well, when you look at where they are, and, you know, you touched on Orsic and um, Bruno Pekovic, who, who set up the goal for him. I think in previous incarnations of uh, Dinamo Zagreb, they don't get to hang on to players with that much experience. But this is what happens with the Champions League. You know, if you fill your pockets, it creates a level of domestic dominance. I mean, Orsic, who... And that, that goal was like a real craft, oh, by, the, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic it's, goal. It's a brilliant goal. And I think the, the way he sort of takes Fafana in, there are two great bits to that goal. Firstly, the bit where Fafana thinks... He's faster than I think, uh, faster than I thought. And if <laughs> yeah. I foul him here, I'm off. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, totally. and the other yeah. bit where just before Orsic provides that really, really crafty finish, gives him a kind of rugby handoff 
to the chest. Yeah, to say, yeah and that finish keep, was keep just your delightful. distance, pal. It, totally. it was. It was. It was. It was beautiful. But Orsic could have gone to to, to Burnley in January and decided. Why didn't no. he? Um, well, it, it would have made an enormous difference to the end of the, the the Premier League. I mean, he's so good at attacking from deep positions. <laughs> that, that goal was something that when when a player has a whole half to kind of run into, you think there's no way. What normally happens, unless it's killing Mbappe, who we will talk about later, they, they you know they, they run and run and run, and they go, okay, right, check back, check back. Who's with me? Who's with? Or can I curl one into the corner? But it was absolutely glorious. But Martin Keown. Jim wasn't happy with uh, Wesley Fafana's positioning for that goal. And they'd, again, as, as Tuchel himself said, um, everything is missing. They all seemed a little bit all over the shop. Yeah, they, they did. And actually, I thought what was what was very interesting was Hakim Ziyech's kind of like very underwhelming, I suppose, cameo at the end of the game where he thumped a free kick into the wall, then he thumped the rebound into the yep. wall. Then they uh, mm-hmm. they got another free kick. He argued with Reese James about how he should take it and then he thumped it into the wall again. Um, it was it was all mm-hmm. it just all looks a bit disjointed, doesn't it? And I, I suppose it's understandable, you know, that like I say, the upheaval at the club hasn't just been on the you know, in the playing stuff, has it? It's been there's been a lot of confusion at that place. So it's it's gonna take yeah, a while to get it right. You you, you mentioned Pierre Emerick Aubameyang earlier and you said, you know, he, his movement looked quite good. There's already loads of pressure on him now, isn't there? Yeah. To score. Well, it's goals. that cursed number nine shirt, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Um something that something very exciting happened in the game though, Andy semi-automated offside technology was used for the first time tonight. One instance with Ben Chilwell and another with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. It looked um, like some kind of uh, sort of video game, but my goodness, you know, is this um, the answer to all those who are hating on VAR over yeah, the weekend? It, it, was, it was funny, Marcus, because uh, Ready Player One was on BBC a couple of nights ago. <laughs> it, it, was, it, yeah. it reminded me of that uh, a, a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all Andy, I haven't dy- even seen that film, but I totally mean, I totally get what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm all into a dystopian future. Let's bring it on. Um, I, so, what are you? Are you suggesting <laughs> that um, Jeff Bridges? Are you suggesting that Jeff Bridges <laughs> should, uh, th- th- should man the semi-automated offside technology? Maybe he's the only one who knows how. I, I think he's a bit more Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll take your pick, really. It, it, it looks it looks weird, but I I, I like it. I I, I think yeah. it's, it's it's fine, and it's it's interesting. You know, when uh, there's, there's so much hand wringing about VAR at the moment in in mm-hmm. England, and you know. Do 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 people look at it differently in Europe? Well, yes, they do, um, because they. <laughs> well, how consider, do they look at it? Andy? They, they consider right and wrong decisions as being binary, basically. And yes. we we have tied ourselves in knots about mm-hmm. the spirit of the game versus what is technically right. Yeah, that is that is the thing. I, of, of course, there is a fact that VARs like overstep the mark here. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that mm-hmm. in terms of the way it's operated. But on on the other hand. We have spent years, literally years now, moaning about goals being allowed for offside, which are actually offside, because they don't fit with our <laughs> image of what is good for the game. But, you know, mm. who's going to argue with the robots, right? I mean, basically, the robots are in charge now. We've got semi, semi-automated offside. We've got Erling Haaland. Uh-huh. I, I think we're going full, <laughs> like, digital, aren't we? I mean, look, I when you say who's going to argue with the robots, I think... We're the only people, Andy, because we we gave the the game of football to the world. So up yours. Um, what I would, let, let's finish with the the, the, the Chelsea chats. Saying Tuchel, it was Tuchel's one hundredth game in charge of Chelsea. They conceded twenty four goals in his first fifty games. They've conceded fifty three 
in his second uh, uh, batch of Andy Brassel, is it the meltdown? <laughs> <laughs> I will not I, reply I, to that unless you tweet me. <laughs> yeah. I, you always make me feel um, like Richard Keyes when I want to say a, a really, really crappy question followed by Andy. Are, <laughs> are Chelsea getting easier to score against Andy? Something like that, you know. Um, and it's not a feeling that I enjoy uh, being Richard Keys, but there we are. Um, less said about that, the better. But yeah, so Chelsea clearly struggling. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Andy, there could be a meltdown. Um, but do uh, tweet Andy uh, if you uh, want to know more about that. Um, uh, Manchester City uh, were, were away to uh, Sevilla, Jim Campbell, and uh, got a lovely victory. They did get a lovely victory. Um, Sevilla started the game with one of the one of the more bizarre tactics that I think we're going to see in the Champions League this season, which was they started with Ele- Alex Telles up front, um, who oh. then when they went 1-0 down, slotted back into a back five and was then hooked at half-time. So I think... Is that his fault, by the way? No, not really. That's really unfair, isn't it? Like being the contingency man. Yeah, you go up front. Well, I don't really play like... No, you go up front. Trust me. Right, OK, you're not do- cutting the mustard up there. Well, I'm not really getting the ball, am I? No, you get back, right? You've not stopped the goals going, right? You can get off. It's like, I'm sorry, coach. Can you help me help myself? I, don't... I mean, it was either him or the ghost of Isco, wasn't it? Um, which oh, is... Oh, wow, yeah. A frightening old business. Yeah, Julian Lopetegui is in a bad spot at the moment. And bear in mind that in normal times, Sevilla are absolutely terrified of Erling Haaland. I realise we're all terrified of Erling Haaland. But particularly when they um, played um, Dortmund a couple of years ago, he scored four goals over the two legs. He could have scored about eight, and that is no exaggeration. Mm. He's better then than now than he was then and they are much worse severe now than they were then I mean they started with two 20 year olds in central defense one of whom's played started 10 league games in his career and the other one who was starting his first ever severe game Jose Carmona what a a first game that is I mean football just gets easier from here doesn't it basically yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, flipping it. I, th- I, I think Holland's first goal, where he kind of, uh, you know, De Bruyne whipped that cross in, and he just got on the end of it. it that that kind of cross, uh, when when De Bruyne hits it like that, you think, all right, mate, he's not as it over hit. Oh yeah, it's Haaland, isn't it? He's 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 Ibrahimovic esque in that he's very yeah. tall and he looks like he can get his foot onto anything at any angle. Yeah, I saw him compared to Ruud van Nistelrooy the other day. I forget where, and I think it's actually quite a good Ooh. comparison in a sense because he he is just absolutely lethal in the box and really mm. like he converts those chances when they come his way. And I, I know he had a really low number of, of touches in in this game again. And Andy was you'll probably know better than better than us. Was this normal at Dortmund, and or, or was he more involved in games? Is it, is this going to get worse basically when he touches the ball more? <laughs> I think I've made this comparison before, but he makes me think of him joining Manchester City makes me think of basketball super teams like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors or LeBron going to the Heat or whatever. The fact is all of your best players become a sort of like side act. And that's what's happened at Manchester City for Mm -hmm. for a while. There is no there, there is no central figure really you know everyone gives mm. a, a little bit and what we've seen with Holland is even when he does touch the ball very little he's not a just in the box type player he still manages to set mm. up teammates he still manages to participate mm. when he originally arrived at Dortmund all he could do was score goals 
but actually that what he's learned in the meantime has made him into a a Manchester City player. O- obviously, like one way of looking at that is peerless and frighteningly well paid. But you know, I, I mean, he's, he's he has been he has been brilliant so far. Your buyer, isn't it, Andy? Yeah, I, I I do just feel though that even though it feels like we should go back to Holland again and again and again, Phil Foden was unbelievable in this game. Absolutely yeah, he was unbelievable. It, he was he was actually yeah. better than De Bruyne and Holland put together. Well, wow, that's a hell of a shout. I mean, it was nice that he scored a goal for himself and it was if you like a meaningful goal it wasn't uh, you know I mean obviously Diaz will be very happy to have got on the score sheet but it wasn't the fourth I was very impressed with the way that he sort of he buzzed around quite a lot the, the, the team sheet had him starting on the left side of midfield but he actually seemed to be playing on the right wing for a lot of the game um, and he's he's, just, he's so player. dynamic that he will just pop up in places um, and obviously they've got the sort of system mm-hmm. that allows for that and he is um, it's also always so thoughtful with him and yeah he, he had such an effect it was also really nice to see Jack Grealish um, come back as well mm-hmm. um, and, and get, get a game under his belt he, he looked lively as well and, and um, pretty impressive it's funny with City isn't it because they have so much possession I can think of quite a lot of examples where where not so much Foden actually but Haaland, De Bruyne Grealish all, all kind of did things that didn't quite come off and it makes you think oh actually maybe they had a little bit of an underwhelming game but no they, they won 4-0 all of those players <laughs> contributed like a, a huge amount to the game they just have so much of the ball that so much happens that you kind of I kind of you get kind of get overawed by it. I felt with with the way Sevilla set up the game actually, Andy, and the way they approached it was, it wasn't that they didn't try to win it. I, I felt like they didn't even try to draw it. it. It really felt like they were just set up to try and not get humped, and it, that's going to do for the manager surely. Like, you, you, even against yeah. City at home in particular, you, you what's the point of being there? Yeah, he, he won't be there for the return game in Manchester. <laughs> um, chaps, we saw uh, Calvin Phillips get a little run out. Jim, did you enjoy that? I did. Yeah, again, the same with Jack Grealish, isn't it? Nice to know the boys are re- well rested. You know, don't don't exert them too much before the World Cup. <laughs> I love where your head's at, Jim. I absolutely love that. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
I think we should move on to Celtic, uh, getting beaten 3-0 by Real Madrid. And this is a classic example of, of goals change, change games. Um, and, and the scoreline doesn't really get to grips with, with what, what happened because uh, Celtic got off to a very good start. Yeah, and we're very unlucky not to go one nil up. It was McGregor, I think, who, who smashed the post. It was had some opportunities, and yes, of course, Real Madrid ha- had a few chances as well. So we can sort of say, oh, okay, well, it balances itself out. But at the start, of the second half, Celtic missed a glorious opportunity, and had Celtic had scored and gone one nil up, whether it was in the first half or or at the start of the second, it massively changes the complexion of that game. We know what Celtic Park's like when they get. Um, you know, when they go a goal ahead, siege mentality, they can get players behind the ball and they say, oh, go on then, Real Madrid, break us down. And then they can hit them on the break. We've seen them sucker punch big sides before. But they didn't take those chances. And then suddenly, it's 1-0. And, uh, uh, you know, Vinicius scores a nice nice goal, you know, and yeah. and, and, and breaks, the, breaks the, the deadlock. And then after that, Andy, Celtic are chasing the game and suddenly Real Madrid go, oh yeah, we are the European champions and they end up winning the game very, very comfortably. Yeah, I mean, all three goals are of unbelievable quality. I mean, I heard Ange Postacolo yeah. talking afterwards and I asked him, were you happy with the first half? And he said, well, no, not really, because I knew basically, to paraphrase, if we didn't score, it'd come back and bite us on the arse. And I think that's absolutely yeah. right, especially the way they played. You're right, Marcus. If they'd have put themselves in a position where they could drop and defend something, then it would have been different, I think, if they'd have got that goal because the sort of energy they expended in the first half, you can't do that for 90 minutes. You probably can't do that for 70 minutes, no. actually. You know, the, the adrenaline of the we, crowd, we, we, the, the totally. crowd give you can get you to a, a certain point. But the way Real Madrid picked them off, um, was was expert, but that's and... why if Celtic had gone one nil up, it would have been totally different story. Yeah, because you I, think, could, well, I say you, totally you've different. Got, you've got something to sit on. I mean, it's it's still super yeah, complicated. And I still think if Celtic had scored first, Real Madrid would have gone on to to to, to win the game. But yeah, you're right. I agree. We'll never, we'll never. But I mean, it was it was a great shame because Ange Postecoglou, his comments before the game, really liked them, as I'm sure a lot of people did who yeah, saw brilliant. this. When he he was asked, "Oh, are you sort of trying to temper expectations?" and he said, "Well, within the, the team, you know, obviously I'll I'll do that, but I'm not going to temper the expectations of the fans for crying out loud. You know, they, they people get their expectations tempered on a daily basis through the trials and tribulations of life. We want our fans to turn up absolutely buzzing, and we try and send them away buzzing. And I tell you what, for for what was it 50 odd minutes they were buzzing I mean it really was the, the usual atmosphere but I will say this though um, uh, we've uh, uh, Craig Sutter on Twitter uh, uh, one of our fine listeners said his highlight of the evening was as he as he puts it as an Aberdeen fan seeing our striker Boan Miovoski in the Real Madrid end versus uh, Celtic <laughs> now this guy, Big Boyan I, I've he's he's from North Macedonia He's never played in Spain. He's got no connection to Real Madrid as far as I'm aware. I may be missing something. Maybe he's a bought with them as a boy, etc., etc. But he thought, you know what, I'm getting involved in that. I think it proves that he's a proper Aberdonian. It's all about uh, Aberdeen versus Real Madrid in the, the, the Cup Winners' Cup under Sir Alex Ferguson <laughs> back in the 80s. That's what it's all about. The perfect union. Yeah, that is what it's all about. I, do you know what, what? Something that I quite liked about this game was um, I suddenly remembered the whereabouts of Eden Hazard. Wasn't yeah, he good. He's on the score sheet. He was. He got the third. Although I mean, he did miss a, a great chance in the first half again. So 
you know, it wasn't all one-way traffic, of course. Well, bear in mind, Marcus, that um, he had to replace Karen Benzema as well. I mean, that's that, that's not easy by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. Wow. So, so Benzema one hurt. of your favourite people. Well, well, exactly. Uh, Azar's not far behind, though. Family included. And mm. um, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, Azar has really put in a pre-season shift which I don't think you can say that many times about him during his career. He's been able to let his talent <laughs> carry him right really up until this injury that's held him back at Real Madrid. Um, obviously, everyone knows he's had to play yeah. out his ankle. Um, he's trained really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he looks good. And, um, you know, he's involved in the other other two goals as, as, as well. So he, he, he deserved his little little tapping at the end I, and, and in terms of favourites for the competition obviously Real Madrid are the champions they're still one of the favourites aren't they I mean if you look around Europe I mean Bayern are yet to play but they've been looking very tasty as they tend to do in the Bundesliga but how, how, what, do you, what do you think Real Madrid can they retain it Andy the only I'd be right in saying the only side ever to do so in the Champions League to retain the, the title well, that, that they are at the moment and, and they would be again I guess that's a, a record to jealously protect because they were the yeah, first team to repeat in the Champions League era and obviously no one's uh, no one's ever done yeah. that. Of course, I'd feel like you, Marcus, that they'd have uh, a better chance if uh, Joe Hart was there instead of uh, Thibaut Courtois. <laughs> Before we get to, to Joe Hart, I was going to say at Real Madrid, they are very jealous over the, the Champions League because they do feel it's like their trophy. A yes. bit like um, Man City in the League Cup or Arsenal in the Emirates Cup. <laughs> so, you know, we've all got our, we've all got our levels. But, uh, but let's Let's talk about Joe Hart. He's back in the big time. Now, I'll tell you something. Joe Hart, he, he was a starter for Manchester City until Pep Guardiola came along and he gave him the boot. And then he went to, was it Torino straight after that? Then he had a go at, was it West Ham and Burnley? I'm playing Luke's game all of a sudden. You know, he, mm. he, he went around and uh, Spurs, of course, we didn't really play that much. You can't have Sunderland. You, you can't have, or Derby. Um, but you can have, Yet. you can have Celtic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Give him half a chance. He probably has gone on loan to one of those teams. I'll probably get my Joe Hart trivia wrong. Um, it was Birmingham City. Um, but uh, c- considering how, how, how his um, powers had sort of waned, he was a starter, as I say, for Man City in England not that long ago. And then it was, bang, it was taken away. And he yeah. was moving around and didn't really mm. quite find a home. At Spurs, it was kind of like, that's a nice gig, get the odd game and so on. Goes to Celtic, um, is now a starter. He's won a league title. I think he won the, the League Cup as well. And he's now playing back in the Champions League gym at the age of 35. I honestly found that really quite quite Joe heartwarming, if I'm yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, the game's Real Madrid, the champions no less as well. It is brilliant, yeah. isn't it? And it's um, he probably imagined that those those nights would, would have been gone, but it's, it's been a, it's, it's just been a good move and it's the, the perfect move at the perfect time for him to actually just show that he's more than just a you know a, a, an experienced head on the bench. He's actually mm-hmm. still got something to give. It's fair to say um, that despite losing... Uh, uh, 3-0 he had a better performance uh, than Peter Gulacci uh, who basically gifted Shakhtar their opening goal of course Shakhtar and RB Leipzig are in the same group as Celtic and Real Madrid what on earth was he doing I mean we we talked about um, I forget the Rangers keeper at Celtic Park who gifted them the fourth goal where he pretty much just passed it I mean I suppose at least he demanded you know, compared to how bad um, Gulachi's mistake was, at least it demanded the striker do some sort of finish past the keeper. This was, <laughs> I mean, this was gift, gift wrapped and uh, and all the rest of it. It was absolutely you say that. Ridiculous. You say that, Marcus. Marianne Schved, uh, when people look at the stats from this game, it will still say that he scored from outside the penalty box. 
So, you know, let's give credit where credit's due. Some facts are misleading, like when Joe Hart was man of the match for England when they beat San Marino 6-0. It did prompt the (laughs) FA to change the voting system so you could have the choice of four rather than anyone else on the pitch. Well done, everybody. You see, England fans do sometimes get it right. It's rare, but they can. Um, But, uh, Andy, a brief word on on Shakhtar um, Dunez. Yeah, it's an incredible result, incredible achievement. Um, When you bear in mind that... um, post-invasion by Russia. Um, we're used to them having uh, 10, 11, 12 Brazilians in the squad. They've now got three overseas mm. players, and that's it. Uh, one of yeah. those, Lucina Traore, scored um, the last one, Ajax product, and um, he, he only came back and joined the team last week. He could have left, but um, they said he wants to stay with with Shakhtar, and he feels it's uh, something he wants to, to be involved with. Uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, who was relatively close to moving to Brentford during the window, is brilliant. A um, couple of assists. and He's a lovely Goal player. in the second half. Yeah, oh, very, yeah. Lovely very hair good. as well. Lovely hair. Yeah, lovely and all round, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a brilliant result for them. And uh, Leipzig look a state. I, I mean, I'll I t- I tell you what, though. Um, it's a brilliant achievement by Shakhtar, as you said. But if you're Celtic, I think you look at this game and think second place is open. I agree with you. I do agree with you. Chaps, uh, we've got to round up, but before we do, uh, a little mention for, for Paris Saint-Germain beating Juventus 2-1. Uh, a couple of dirty goals from, from PSG, Jim. Proper FIFA stuff. Oh, delightfully filthy Um, that first one the scoop I haven't seen a scoop like that since the days of Xavi and Iniesta playing for Barcelona they liked a little bit of a scoop it's so hard to defend against it it looked more like the sort of goal you'd see in an advert didn't it than a goal that you'd actually see on a football pitch but Andy we're talking about favourites for Champions League and so on where are PSG is it going to be their year um, they really took their eye off the ball in the second half of this. I mean, at halftime, you're thinking, as you say, they play with great style. It's a 3-4-0 sort of business. And then Donnarumma, who we talked about this on, on the continent. I think they're back the wrong goalkeeper and they should have stuck with Kaelin Navas. But anyway, he made a bit of a mess of the Juventus goal. They let a not particularly good Juventus side back in. Also, what I particularly enjoyed on a night when really it should be PSG in their element, absolutely grandstanding on a on a big stage mm-hmm. at the Parc de France um, in, a, in a huge Champions League game. Um, Christophe Galtier, tail between his legs, the coach, had to apologise afterwards for uh, that joke that he made <laughs> about climate change at, at, at the weekend. Yep. When, um, of course, some someone um, said to him that, that the chief executive of TGV was saying, why don't you take the train? And he said, well, what do you want us to do? Take a yacht to the next game. Killian and Bappe laughed and they have both been ripped for that. And uh, afterwards... He, it's he a crap to... joke anyway. It is. Mm. Well, that, that's, that's, that's my beef with it. <laughs> right. I mean, he came out after the game tonight and said, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was in very poor taste. And I do understand... Um, people's um, mm. concerns about the climate. You do, Andy, or is that... Which, uh, which is magnanimous <laughs> of him, I feel. <laughs> okay. uh, well, there we are, everybody. Um, I, it, look, it's uh, the Champions League's up and running when we bloody love it. So there we are. Thank you very much for listening to uh, Ramble Reacts. Tomorrow... Dotton, Andy and David Cartledge will be picking apart the biggest stories from the first match day of the Champions League on tomorrow's On the Continent. And Andy will be recording from Hamburg. Uh, yes, not from the Reaper Van or the Beatles Museum, before you ask. I think the okay. Beatles Museum it, might you, be shut You are now, on an... Actually. 
Yeah, which is the Keegan Museum now, isn't it? <laughs> no, that shop. <laughs> it should be. It should be. <laughs> it's just good to know you're on another stag, dude. All right, everybody. Uh, as I say, thank you very much. You can catch that right here on the Football Ramble feed. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Jim Campbell. You're welcome. Thank you, Andy Brassel. Moi, moi. Cheerio. Thank you, listeners. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.